Hi there, I'm life coach Michelle Davis, and you're listening to my podcast, Decide Already. You know, I truly believe that the most important business is the one called your life, and you either create it or you'll have to experience one by default. And if you're like me, that just won't do. So stick around. I'm going to be sharing all of my best tools and tricks for creating the life of your dreams, one you'll love. And I'm talking every area, fun, love, relationships, health, money, career, every area. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hey, you. I hope you're doing well with all the stuff we've been working on in the past few episodes. So far, we've covered our core values, looked at balancing our lives with regards to our relationships, money, career, health, the spaces around us, fun, and personal growth. And then we looked at three ways to cast a vision for each of those seven areas. Remember that you can find the units for those episodes on our Decide Already group for women on Facebook and LinkedIn. In the last episode, we focused on time management, a process for organizing the areas of life and keeping our minds in the present moment. In this episode, I'm going to add on to the time management process in two ways. One will deal with how you organize your daily schedule, looking at the END end in mind, and the other will focus on staying in the present moment. Now, I entitled this episode, The Real Hamster Wheel, because I'm guessing a lot of you have heard that expression before and probably understand it to mean being busy all the time, but never actually achieving anything important or reaching one's goals, where life's become doing the same thing over and over again, day after day. Well, by the end of this episode, I think you'll have a new definition of the term, but more importantly, two tools to help you stay off of it. If you saw last Tuesday's video on one of the group's pages, I had a special guest, Kristen Triggs, the founder of the I Have a Say movement for women's mental health. She joined me and alluded to the use of an E in her schedule and how it was so important. We didn't get into what that meant because I knew I wanted to talk to you about it in this week's podcast. So let's talk about what it means to create a schedule with the end in mind. First of all, the E stands for something that elevates your mood or raises your vibration, so to speak. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that gives you energy, but it is something you look forward to. It uplifts your spirits or even gives you a moment to pause and relax. Next up is the N being something that doesn't do anything to your mood. It doesn't elevate or drop it, meaning that it's just kind of neutral. And then we follow that up with a D, which is obviously something that would drop your mood. It's usually something that's depleting of your energy. It's draining emotionally or something you aren't looking forward to doing. Now on the last episode, we talked about capturing all of the thoughts and things you need to do on a to-do list, and then sorting them out onto a calendar for the upcoming week. The next step would be to take those items that have been put onto that calendar and organize them. So when you are building a schedule around those items, you build them in a way that creates an end-in-mind schedule. And you do that by starting each day with an E, 
when you get up in the morning, something you look forward to doing. And it doesn't have to be any big deal. It could literally be something that just takes five minutes. Just something that gets you going, pushes up your mood. Sometimes when I bought a new shampoo, that could do it. Getting me excited to try it out, getting me going. And that's a great one because it doesn't even add any extra time to my day because it's already a part of my regular routine. Some other ideas could be a fun food item that you purchased for breakfast or maybe having some time to walk your dog. It's very easy and it doesn't have to be a big deal, but it is something that you know you are excited to do. Once you have your E, you're going to look at the items of the day and find a neutral one. Something that doesn't bring your mood up or down, like sending out some emails or returning some phone calls, maybe running a quick errand. And next you'll follow it up with a D. Something that drops your mood, like having to call the bank and dealing with an error, talking to your boss about an issue or completing tasks at home, stuff like that. I have to add here, though, that I don't want you to spend more than one or two hours on any D item. Even if it's a project that's going to take several hours, you cannot spend more than one or two hours on a depleting activity without having an E in there to break it up. And then the schedule continues to build in that order with the end in mind. Now, the cool thing about an E is that because it's coming after a D, they can be used to cause a good kind of pressure or an excitement to get to them. You'll find yourself saying, oh, if I can just get this one thing done, then I get to go have lunch with my bestie. Or if I deal with this, then I get to go watch an hour of my favorite episode and have a glass of wine. It's almost like the E is a reward for finishing that D. So you can see how this could work in keeping you going and also keeping your life balanced. It will keep you from filling up your life with a bunch of depleting items and allow the other areas of your life to get on the priority list. Organizing your days like this will help you stay motivated and able to reach your goals. You'll avoid the endless running and running and exhausting yourself, and you'll be amazed at how much more you can accomplish in a day and not feel completely burnt out. You'll actually feel more empowered and confident as you create the life you want to be experiencing. I know that some of this is going to be a completely new way of doing your schedule. So take your time with it. Be flexible with it. It will take time getting used to it, but I promise you it will be worth it. You'll definitely be able to tell the difference between a day that you had the end in mind and a day that you did not. On a side note, I want you to know that I'm not as concerned with the neutral items as I am with the E's and the D's. If you don't have neutral items on your to-do list, don't worry about them. Just make sure that you have a rotating balance of items that elevate your mood to go with the ones that drain you. Stick with this. I know it will become your favorite time management tool for sure. So now we've talked about the first way we tend to stay on that hamster wheel a schedule that is not an end-in-mind schedule. Let's shift our focus to the other way we stay on the hamster wheel, and that is when we leave the present moment. In fact, you've already left the present moment multiple times since you've been listening to this podcast, haven't you? And I'll be honest, I've left it too, wondering if I'm talking slowly enough or if my voice is clear. 
and how I need to remember to post the tool for this episode on the group page. <laughs> you know how your mind goes in and out when you're trying to do a task. Well, there are three things to work on when we are developing our present moment skills. The first is knowing when you've left. The second is knowing how to get back. And the third is knowing how to stay present. The tool I will remember to post on the group page for this episode will be found in Unit 3, and it has a picture of a wheel that I'm going to describe to you, but it might behoove you to go and check it out on the group page if you are more of a visual person. And don't worry if you're not already a member of that group. You can simply request to join it. It's called Decide Already Group for Women, and it's on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'd sure love to see you there. So anyway... If you picture a wheel with a center and three areas, the center of the wheel is the present moment. This now moment is where everything is actually happening. It's where all your answers are, where all your power is, your ideas are, and your creativity. But there are three other places we can find ourselves as we leave the present moment. Two of them are given away by our emotions. They are either the future, which shows up as fear, stress, anxiety, worry, or the past, which shows up in emotions I like to put in childlike terms, and they are feeling sad, bad, or mad. We can also end up in the third place, which is in our stories, stories about ourselves, about other people, or even about what's going on in the world. And the kicker is that we often find ourselves in more than one place simultaneously or jumping from one to another. It's not difficult to jump from stories of ourselves to fearing the future to stories about others or to crying about the past or how the world is falling apart. And there we are spinning and spinning and spinning. And my friends, this is the real hamster wheel, the hamster wheel of life. If you're not feeling happy, calm, and experiencing life the way you want it, chances are you're on that hamster wheel more often than not. So what do we do about it? If we recognize that we keep leaving the present moment, how do we stay present? Or what if we recognize we've left or feel stuck in a story? How do we get back? First, getting back to the present moment when your mind keeps wandering off can be as simple as taking deep breaths, (sighs) emptying your thoughts like we talked about in the last episode, or noticing what each of your five senses are experiencing. If your mind is tired, a walk in the park which lets your mind relax and have a break, or meditating like the five-minute one I posted in the group on Monday can help you recharge and get back to the task at hand. And all of these are great ways for staying in the present moment. However, when you find you're stuck in a story or continue to have the same emotional charge with a certain person or in a certain situation that happens frequently, I recommend journaling for this. Writing down thoughts you had during one of these moments or when you're in the story can help you unravel their hold on you by asking one of these thoughts a few questions for validation. For example, you're pretty sure there's a person in your office that doesn't like you very much, and one day you come into the office and see them working on their computer. As you pass by, you say, good morning, but they don't respond. You might then say to yourself, well, obviously that's because they don't like me. And then later you're walking down the hall and they pass you, 
And this time you look them right in the eye and smile your best smile at them. However, they just stare at you and continue to walk by. And because you're telling yourself a story about how they must feel about you, their failure to return that smile only exasperates your feelings and leaves you feeling really upset for the rest of the day. Now, if you and I are working together and you come in to see me for a session and bring up this situation, I would ask you to write down the thoughts or feelings that you're having when you're telling yourself the story. Thoughts like, they don't like me. She hates me. She's out to get me. She's a mean person. She's just unfriendly. I'm unlikable. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe nobody likes me in the office. You know, I saw her talking to someone and it was probably about me. And on and on. After you write some of those statements, I would ask you to ask each of those sentences a question to validate it. You might ask, how do I know for sure they don't like me? Have I ever asked them if they don't like me? Do they even know me outside the office? How can they not like me if they don't even know me? You might even ask yourself if it's possible that the person could have been having a bad day themselves and as they were walking by me had something else on their mind. I mean, maybe they weren't even in the present moment and didn't realize you were smiling at them. Or maybe they didn't hear you when you said good morning. Sometimes just asking some of these questions can unravel the hold the story has on us and makes us feel a bit better. It can also make us aware that we are in a state of assumption and should address the issue with the coworker to confirm what's actually going on with the relationship. In future episodes, I'll teach you even more specific tools for staying present and undoing stories and also about how to have those conversations with the other people in our lives. But for now, this one will get you headed in the right direction. Well, there you have it. The tools I teach my clients to build a solid foundation for creating the life they truly want. And now they're yours too. We've established core values, life balance, vision casting, time management with the end in mind, and staying in the present moment. I encourage you to work on developing these skills if they are new to you or to reestablish them if they're not. If you struggle in any area, I'm available through the podcast group or in my private practice as well. Remember to be gentle with yourself as mastering any skill takes time and flexibility. Each day is a new day to start again. So like I said earlier, stick with it. Remember that you are the CEO of your life. And if you're like me, we have a lot we still want to do. Thanks for joining me on this episode. I'm looking forward to the next one. Thanks for joining me on the Decide Already podcast. If you like what you heard, visit my website at www.decidealreadypodcast.com where you can subscribe and download the show so you'll never miss an episode. I invite you to join the Decide Already group for women on Facebook or LinkedIn to stay connected with me and have access to all the units and postings that go along with my episodes. Be sure to share this podcast with the other women in your life as well. I'm Michelle Davis. Thanks for listening. Until the next episode, I'm sending out a whole bunch of love. Take care. Stay safe. And God bless.